Hey, it's Dave. A little note before we start the podcast. I adjusted something on my microphone when I reported, recorded the podcast this week, so it sounds a little different, a little hollow, a little tinny. Uh, it'll go back to normal next week, and I will not try to tweak the audio settings again. Meantime, hope you enjoyed anyway, despite the weird audio. Thanks for listening. We're going to start the podcast off this week with a fun fact. Are you ready? Who doesn't love a fun fact? And here we go. Uh, it turns out that redheads... Perfume smells differently on a redhead and doesn't last as long on a redhead. 2% of the population are redheads, just 2%, and they have either been adored or vilified through history. I love redheads. My son is a redhead. My mom is a redhead. I think she dyed her hair. I've got a red streak in my hair. Anyway, there's a little fun fact about redheads, but the whole podcast today is not going to be about that. Instead, we're going to cover the 10 worst celebrities of recent memory and how hard it is to throw certain things away. Plus, we got some emails, and we're going to get started right now on this week's Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. day of daylight savings time and right now it is bright and beautiful and cold and windy outside and I got up this morning at seven o'clock uh, standard time so it's like oh man I got the whole day we've done so much and we've cleaned up and thrown out and straightened and put away and tidied up and uh, Susan just got off the treadmill a little while ago I'm getting my podcast done then I'm going to get probably on the treadmill or I'm going to get on the exercise bike or whatever and get some exercise in. So, you know, it's a good day. I've not had the best week because I want to talk to you about what that ring doorbell that I got a week ago has been a metaphor for me. And I'm going to talk about this on the show tomorrow, but you're going to get a preview of this. I got a ring doorbell for my birthday one week ago. And I thought, oh, that's cool because I've kind of wanted one and I wasn't really expecting it. And I looked at it. My first thought was, oh, cool. My second thought, a blink later, was I'm going to have trouble putting it in. I'm going to have trouble putting this bitch in because nothing ever installs for me as easy as it should. When I get a new phone, it almost works, but not quite. And then I'm on the phone with my friend Nate saying, how do I do this? Or if I get a new computer, it usually works, but then there's something really like it doesn't come with, oh, it doesn't come with a game card, so it's really slow. Or if I get a new Apple Watch, it just almost but doesn't quite and I can't. So I don't know. It's not that I'm technologically in, you know, like illiterate. I'm average, maybe even a little bit above average, but just with me, it just doesn't always seem to go right. So I, I opened this up on Sunday um, and I'm like reading the instructions and they're very straightforward and they're very simple. And I'll, I'll try, I, I can even explain them to you. You take off your old doorbell, you put your new doorbell, your ring doorbell in, you connect the wires, then you get in your doorbell chime box and you, collect, you connect a little tiny easy thing to connect that looks like it's the size of a book of matches and it's supposed to receive Wi-Fi and tell your doorbell what to do. And that's it. I mean, that's it. It was so easy. And it worked. And for 20 minutes, I was like, holy shit, Susan, look, Carson was here. Carson, look, it works. The ring doorbell works. Holy Christ almighty, it works. Praise the Lord. And I was so happy, and, and it represented to me. I told Susan, I said, you know, that would have ruined my whole weekend if I had not get it installed correctly. 20 minutes later, it started buzzing loudly, loudly, 
what's wrong? We look on troubleshooting and we wiggle the wires around. Maybe there's a short. That's done it. That's fixed it. Okay, good. Oh my gosh. Oh, for a second I was really worried. And that ring doorbell was the coolest shit ever. And it detects motion and it tells you when somebody's at your front door. And, you know, not a lot of people come to the front door, but every time somebody would drop off something, um, it would, I would get an emotion alert and say, oh, somebody dropped off something. The UPS guy, the Amazon woman, whatever. And Thursday, it started buzzing again. Susan called me in a panic. I could hear it actually buzzing. This loud, awful buzz at the chime unit in the house. It's not working. I said, go downstairs, turn the breaker off, turn the switch box off, and I'll fix it when I get home. I get home, turn it back on, it buzzes. I call customer support on Friday. Uh, I got a very charming woman who had a bit of a thick accent, and she had trouble understanding me, and I had trouble understanding her, which is never, never adds to the experience. But she was, you know, she did her best. But I could tell that she was just reading from a computer screen. So it's like, oh, her solution was, if he says this, I go to this computer screen and I tell him this. And that's all she knew. And that's what a lot of customer support techs know. It's just that and nothing more. So it fixed it though. Okay, and now we're online with customer support. Then the next day it doesn't work again. I call customer support. I could tell the guy was reading off a screen and I just, I'll be, I'll be honest, I just hung up. I didn't even say goodbye or thank you. I just hung up because um, he wasn't, he didn't have any idea what to do. Four trips to the Home Depot and one trip to the local little hardware store because I like to shop small. Go to Home Depot and I thought I need to get a new doorbell altogether. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this story up pretty soon. Basically, I got it working today when I bought a whole new ring doorbell kit because I isolated it down to the button. Everything worked except the button. So I figured it must be the button. I got a new one and for the last two hours, holy baby Jesus, it's worked again. And um, I even was confident to put the cover back on the chime and put the stepladder away. What is this all? Why do I tell you this story? I'm going to tell you why this story means something to me. It's a metaphor for things in life that should be simple but are not. Let's stop there for a second because I told my wife, I said, you don't understand how much this has just eaten me up this week. Why, she said. I said, because it's a metaphor for things in life that should be simple but are not. Things like driving to the store, but your car's not starting. Or things like your some sort of like your heater in your car is not working and you're not sure why. You turn the heat on, you adjust it, but it's not working. Or uh, your re here's a better one, your remote control is not working. You change the battery and remote controls now are like little computers and it's not working right, or your TV's not working right, or your cable's not working right, or your Wi-Fi's not working right, and you reset it, and it should just work right. But sometimes it doesn't, and I think sometimes life is that way. It's a metaphor for things in life, like a relationship, like coming into work and getting along with your coworkers, or getting along with your managers, or getting along with your mother, or getting along with your brother-in-law. It should be simple, but sometimes it's not. And I think sometimes that is the biggest frustration in life. Not the things that we know are challenging. Not the things like looking for a job, which we know is challenging, or dating and trying to find the right partner, which we know is challenging. But simple things like closing the front door. But the front door doesn't close right, and you can't figure out why it won't close, or it won't latch. And you can't figure out why, because it should just work. 
So that's why I think that Ring Doorbell just ate me alive this week. What do you think? I was talking to my friend Curtis yesterday. We had a really, really interesting conversation about a couple of things. He is a designer, and he came over to the house, and he looked at our house and says, your house is so out of date. It, this needs to go. The paint needs to go. This is too big. This is too small. Nobody wants a formal dining room. Nobody wants a formal living room, blah, blah, blah. And then we started talking about cleaning up and getting rid of things. And I said, how do people throw heirlooms away? And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, I'm at a stage in my life where, um, you know, you start to think about what's going to happen to heirlooms when you're not around anymore. Well, what do you mean? I said, okay, for example, here is something I showed him. It is um, a wooden tray about the size of a, um, I don't know, a laptop. It's about the size of a laptop. And it's got little handles on it, and it's glass on the surface, and underneath it is cloth. And my dad put a note to it. He said, this hung in our log house. They lived in a log house on the plains of Montana ever since I can remember. My dad was born in 1915. Um, it hung above the door. And uh, he said, I don't know where it came from. It might have come with my grandma, with his, with his mother, on a covered wagon from Kansas when she moved to Montana. I said, I'm not throwing that away. That's the kind of thing that you keep. My dad documented what it was, and uh, that's the kind of thing you keep, right? Yes, of course. But what about my dad's old violin? My dad used to play violin poorly. I mean, it was, it was not good, but that's not the point. He loved playing his violin, and uh, when he died, I took it because nobody else wanted it. Well, I don't really want to throw it away, but at the same time, it doesn't mean much to me because it wasn't like he was a concert violinist. It was just one of his things. Nobody in the family wants it. Allison had it for a while. She doesn't want it. She was going to learn to play it when she was a kid. She never did. She doesn't want it. So what happens? I don't want it. What happens to... Curtis brought this up. He said, when you go into an antique store and you see a picture of a young woman on her wedding day from, you know, 1924, and there it is in an antique store, did that mean so little to her relatives, to her, and not ancestors, but to her... Um, Children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, that nobody wanted to save it, that somebody looked at a photo album in a box 20 years ago and said, let's, let's give it away, let's sell it. And that made him sad. It made me sad too. So how do you throw things away? How do you look at your kid's artwork and throw it away? How do you look at the little pottery things that your kid's made? And if you're a new mom or a new dad or even you got a 10-year-old or maybe you got a 14-year-old or a 29-year-old, and their little pottery, their little artwork is still in the kitchen or still in a storage part of your house somewhere. How do you throw it away? I mean, nobody saves it forever. Do you have a piece of your mom's artwork from when she went to school? Do you have a piece of your grandma or great-grandpa's artwork from when they went to school? No, you probably don't because eventually it all gets thrown away. And it's kind of sad, but I guess that's the way, that's the way life is. Um, but there was a really interesting discussion about how you decide on how you throw things away. I would love to hear your email on that. And I know you might have an opinion. I hope that made you think a little bit. And maybe you're not in a stage in your life where you're throwing your kid's artwork away. We went through all of Allison and Carson's old artwork a year or so ago. And we um, threw out most of it. We picked out some to keep. And we sent in a bunch to a service that makes a book out of it. So now we have copies of their cute little artwork, the best stuff, not the crap stuff. 
Um, and you can tell the stuff that they didn't put much effort into. Uh, but Allison was quite an artist, and Carson was pretty creative. And we have picture books of it, and we save some of it. Anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. How do you save that stuff? All right, and now getting on to the heart of the podcast, uh, Carson. Carson. Uh, Curtis, my friend, and I, uh, we were discussing the worst celebrities of recent memory yesterday. And we had kind of a fun time putting this list together. And there's no science to it. There's no real standard to it. But I'm going to read you the list of celebrities, some of the worst celebrities of recent memory. And here we go. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, somebody that we thought we loved, somebody that we thought we adored, that was very clever, played a very smart person on House of Cards. So we gave him credit for being a smart person, even though he was an awful murderer and conniver and manipulator on House of Cards. We knew it was just a character. But we also gave him credit for being a very smart person. And maybe he was a very smart person, but then he turned out to be a molester. And it was like, oh my God, so you took advantage of these people and you're a terrible fucking person. Kevin Spacey is on the list. Alec Baldwin is on the list. Alec Baldwin strikes me as the epitome of rich, out-of-touch, bully celebrity. If Alec Baldwin would have been on to be, gone on to be a truck driver or an IT guy or a dermatologist, I think he would have been a bully no matter what. He was good-looking. He knew it. He was arrogant. Um, he had charisma, and he knew it, and he was a bully. And I think Alec Baldwin is still a bully, but people give him credit. They let him get away with it because he's handsome and rich and famous. You can tell he's a bully by the way he spoke to his daughter on that infamous phone call 15 or so years ago when he called her a disgusting little pig. Um, uh, no matter how mad I've ever been at any of my kids, I've never called them a disgusting little pig. Alec Baldwin has been in many fights with the paparazzi, and I get it, and he's been a bully his entire life that I, that I could tell. So Alec Baldwin makes the list. Christian Bale. Christian Bale, again, gets credit for being just a brilliant actor, but I think he's a terrible person. And Curtis and I said, well, he said, why? Why is that? Well, I think that he was mean to his mother. He's been uh, thrown tantrums on movie sets. I remember at the end of one movie, I think it might have been Batman, when they wrapped filming, the director said, get him off my set now. Christian Bale makes the list. Mariah Carey makes the list. Not in a mean way. I mean, Mariah Carey's just kind of a mess. And Mariah Carey is extremely talented, but I think that she let fame go to her head. I think Mariah Carey is trash with cash. I really do. I think Mariah Carey um, probably would live very a very average, normal life if she wasn't a singer, because I just don't think that she really was, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Mariah Carey as a person. Everybody loves All I Want for Christmas is You, and everybody loves her songs, but I just don't think Mariah Carey is a good person. I think she's lost touch with reality and uh, just is high on her own air. Um, I think Mariah Carey is an unlikable person and very much an unlikable diva. Uh, Mike Tyson. Okay, Mike Tyson has been a celebrity for probably eh, 40 years or so. I don't know, but how Mike Tyson continues to make celebrity gossip, like, oh, Mike Tyson's got a Christmas song out. That's cute. Mike Tyson's done this. Oh, Mike Tyson was in, um, uh, what was that um, that Vegas movie? The Hangover. Um, uh, oh, Mike Tyson, yeah, he's a rapist, and he also beat up women. Do you forget? Do people forget that Mike Tyson served time in prison for rape 
and assault, and he bit off another boxer's ear. He is a fucking animal. But people are like, oh, so cute. Mike Tyson's got a Christmas song out. Sorry, don't think that he's cute. Charlie Sheen. What a disgusting, despicable human. And um, again, no science based on this. It's not like I put out a scale of like, okay, well, they had three points here, two points here, ten points here. He's just a disgusted human being. Uh, Spoiled, rich, famous, powerful, talented, and extremely handsome. And he used all that um, to become just a giant dick. Um, uh, You know, just, just an awful person all around. And then people thought it was cute when he did the whole tiger blood and winning thing, but he's proven. I'll give you an example of of Charlie Sheen specifically. He was on Two and a Half Men. I never watched the show, but it was created and written by a person named Chuck Lorre. Chuck Lorre created, produced, and wrote that show. Charlie Sheen was the star. He was the person who read the lines, who played the characters that Chuck Lorre created, and he did a good job. But Chuck Lorre didn't get the credit because in Charlie Sheen's mind, Charlie Sheen was the one who should have gotten the credit. Listen, I've had people work on my show, and I won't name names, but I write for them, I give them lines to read, and pretty soon they start to forget that it's like, hey, I, I came up with that line for you, don't forget. I came up with that line for you, and eventually they wash out of the show because, you know, that's just not... I don't know. There's people who just don't seem to appreciate um, uh, what other people have done for them, and Charlie Sheen is definitely one of those people. All right, moving on. Roseanne Barr. I think she's, uh, again, trash with cash. I think that she was funny because 30 years ago, people thought it was funny that she was loud, ignorant, uh, and loud and ignorant. But then it kind of wore off because she started to expose herself as just nothing more than loud and ignorant. And 30 years later... She's nothing more than loud and ignorant, and I think that she's gone away, and I'm really happy. Uh, Paris Hilton. I haven't seen a single redeeming quality in Paris Hilton, except that she's beautiful. Um, I remember I used, used to watch that show, A Simple Life, with Nicole Richie, what, 20 years ago? And I didn't watch it that often. But it only took a couple of um, viewings, watches, episodes, to realize that Nicole Richie was the charming one that could talk to anybody, and she was funny, and she was kind and polite, and Paris Hilton had no idea how to act around other people because I think all she did in life was let other people tell her how wonderful she was and take advantage of other people. So I'm going to throw Paris Hilton in there too. Rosie O'Donnell, um, uh, I think she started off as a decent person, but then she became too powerful and too bitter. And I remember when she was running a magazine and one of her employees had cancer. And Rosie was quoted as saying something like, you know why you got cancer? Because bad things happen to bad people. Something like, that's why you got cancer. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And that's why we don't hear a lot of Rosie O'Donnell anymore, because I think she is a mean, bitter bully. And we're going to wrap it up with one that is a little bit controversial. And again, this is just kind of a fun list. It's not meant to be an awful, these person are despicable kind of a list, even though many of them are. Miley Cyrus makes the list because Miley Cyrus thinks that you are stupid and you're not stupid. And I think that Miley Cyrus has created a character for herself in this crazy, sexy, I'm going to put my tongue out, I'm going to smoke a lot of weed, and I'm going to tell you and show you how crazy I am and you're stupid enough to buy it because I am so out of touch and I grew up wealthy and 
and rich and powerful and out of touch that I believe that you'll fall for anything that I feed you because you're stupid. And I think that's what Miley Cyrus does. And I think that the only people that buy her act are people that are maybe vulnerable enough to buy that shit. Because when I saw her at the MTV Europe Video Awards, come on stage, accept an award, she pulled the joint out of her purse and lit it up and started smoking it. <laughs> that's the equivalent of a teenage boy driving his car through the um, Best Buy parking lot or the school parking lot with his windows down and his music cranked all the way up. You think you look really cool, but everybody around you is going, are you fucking kidding me? Will you turn that shit down, please? So uh, I don't buy Miley Cyrus's act. Does that make her a horrible person? No. I'm just not really a big fan. I like her music. Who doesn't like Party in the USA and Wrecking Ball? And uh, The Climb. All right, we're going to move on to email. And here we go. Checking out some email. Hope you're still with me. Uh, again, Ryan Show at kwtb.com. And here we go. I really only have one. I got a really long email from my buddy, um, Jem. And Jim, I haven't got a chance to fully read it because I've been so busy. So, Jim, if you wrote that in, I will get to it. But here comes one from my friend uh, Vikas. And I hope I say your name right. And uh, he says, Dave, it's been a few months. I've not listened to your podcast. I'm trying to get back to it now. Thank you. Listen to the past few. Really liked your advice you gave Kate Raditz about buying a house. To, to go back and cover that, uh, Kate Raditz was like, I want to buy a house that uh, will appreciate. And I said, you don't want to make that your main goal in buying a house. You want to buy a house that you love. That you can picture your birthdays and your Christmases and your Halloweens and your Thanksgiving and your mom and dad visiting and all your memories of them growing up and sleepovers and birthday parties and making cakes and Cub Scout meetings and Girl Scout meetings and whatever. You want to have a house where you love all the memories that you bring to that house. That's what you want. You don't want a house that, you know, this is where you picture, you have a house where you can picture all these things happening. That's what you want. She said, I, uh, Vika says, I think that is spot on and we would all love for our house values to appreciate our first house. We made some money on it. We were happy. However, the house we've owned now for almost 15 years has not increased in value much, if at all. And I love it because just as you said, it's our home with memories of the kids growing up, having their first ever dog, family, friends, get togethers and graduation parties, New Year's parties. You're so right. Seriously. We've lived here for 17 years. And we have not, our house hasn't appreciated at all. We bought it at the top of the market and it's gone down and come up a little bit. But we're not going to make any money when we sell this house if we sold it now. He goes on to say, the home has been a great deal of value to us. and The home has a great deal of value to us. And even if someday we move and sell it at a loss, it will have been worth every penny we spent to move here, live here, and maintain this place. Great podcast and book. Look forward to many more. Cheers from Vikas. Or is it Vicus? Um, hey, I really appreciate emails because number one, it shows me that you care enough to send one in. It shows me that you listen. I really like that. And it gives me some fodder to talk about on the on the podcast. You know, a lot of the time I really have difficulty coming up with things and the podcast is kind of dry, honestly. And some sometimes I skip it and I don't even do it uh, rather than do one where I'm not very proud of it. This one seemed I seem to have a lot to talk about, and sometimes that's how the weeks go. Hey, if you send me a podcast idea, I'd love to talk to you. You know what? The whole thing is based on my book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything, which is all about life lessons. 
And really, I can ask you my original question that I used to ask on every podcast. What life lesson have you learned that you can share? Maybe you are 26 years old and something just a light bulb went over your head off or you're on your head the last couple of days. And you're like, holy crap, I can share that one. Or maybe you're 48 years old. And last week or two years ago, something dawned on you or something dawned on you years ago. Whatever it is, I'd love to hear it. Send an email to DaveRyan at KDWB.com. Hey, that's it. Um, Enjoy your week. Uh, Happy election week. It's a big week. It's pretty crazy. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk to uh, someone who's going to talk about uh, what if we don't get the results in on Tuesday night? What happens if the results take weeks or days or months? to come in what happens who why is this election unique that way uh is it really that close i don't know i don't know the answers we're gonna find out tomorrow hey listen we'll talk about that next week have a great week and thanks for listening to take a shower show up on time and don't steal anything